You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to thank you guys so much for diving into another episode here and for always making us your first daily listen every day at the Locked On Rams pod. You guys know how we do Wednesdays around here. My man, Brad Motter, joining me on the other line. Brad, before we dive into this recap, and I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts from this Rams-Cardinals contest, which we'll share in this first segment, then we'll dive into flipping the page and looking at this new game between the Rams and the Seahawks, the second divisional game this season, Thursday night football, a short week. So we're almost at this game already. It's kind of weird throwing my schedule off here a little bit, but Brad, you watch this game. I know we talked about it a little bit off air. This is episode 300, my friend. Big oh, number nice. three zero zero. It feels very fitting. You're back on here. Uh, why don't we kick it to you first here? I want to hear your thoughts on this game because I shared mine. I'm feeling a little bit more refreshed today. Uh, I got to finally dive into the tape. I feel a little bit better about the offensive performance, which I think, you know, kind of never really felt too bad about. But I want to hear some of your thoughts in terms of Sean McVay, the offense, the defense, and uh, really how this game went for you. Yeah, obviously didn't go the way any of us really wanted to. And and a big hello to all the Cardinals fans that are in our uh, comments below on YouTube because uh, they were coming at us when we were calling this a blowout. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them in there. And hey, credit to you guys, man. Great game. Great game plan. It only took four years to get it, but you did it, right? So uh, we're proud of you guys. You guys are still, you know, still consider you my little brother, but you're undefeated and and it's no lack of your performance on why the Rams really lost this thing. Yes. Did the Rams blow it in their own right? I mean, following your Twitter, I've seen all the uh, tape that you've cut up and Cooper cup kind of slipping and falling Matt Stafford under throwing Deshaun Jackson again. Like at some point they just need to commit like 30 minutes in practice to like, Hey, almost throw your arm out trying to throw a deep ball to this guy and just let him get it. You said it perfectly the other day. There is no harm in overthrowing a guy like Deshaun Jackson and letting nobody get the ball, but underthrowing him uh, is really going to lead to some problems, which was that first turnover. So um, yeah, it's not anything that we're excited about, but there is the excitement of being on a short week and kind of just picking up the pieces and moving forward. But defense was a disappointment uh, outside of Van Jefferson, who was really solid. And obviously uh, Hendo, who had like a nine yard average. Everyone else was pretty underwhelming, including Aaron Donald, who is not safe on all times on this program, even though you feel like, hey, he's a future first bout Hall of Famer. That Cardinals put together a great game plan, and he was a non-factor in this game. Coach McVay was a factor in this game with some of his decisions, which were questionable. And he's another person that is not safe when it comes to criticism. And I saw this tweet from Cameron De Silva, and I thought it was perfect because I'm sitting here watching Monday Night Football, and here's Brandon Staley, fourth down, acting like it's first down, didn't care what down it was. He was going for it. Cameron De Silva said, Brandon Staley out here going for it in his own territory with a 14-point lead. Sean McVay wouldn't even go for it. Down 14 from Arizona's 29 yesterday. And I hit me so dead in the heart. And I was like, wow, that is true. And, and you mentioned it yesterday. We thought it was the Goff effect, right? Like, we don't trust Goff. And all of us were like, yeah, we get it. You're down 14. You're on the 29-yard line. Your defense has shown to really stop nobody all game. Like, 
understand that this is a touchdown type of game at this point. It's not early in the game and you just let me just tack on some points and we'll catch up. It's still two possessions. And I know you had a little mini rant about this, but I was listening to you yesterday going, I can't wait to go in on this because that was a point in the game where I felt that we gave up, that that this thing was done and dusted and we might as well have packed it up because when we missed that field goal, it was like everybody on the defense was deflated. Everyone on the offense was deflated. Everyone in the stadium was probably deflated except for those Arizona Cardinals. So can we get better? Is this the sky is falling? Uh, both yes and then no, right? Like we can get better. We've got a quick turnaround. Uh, but it wasn't the way that you wanted to come off that Bucks win. And I hate those national pundits that are like, oh, we saw this coming with the letdown after a big win. And then Tom Brady goes and barely squeaks out a win. And now they're going, Bucks even that good and how a week can change in the NFL but the Rams get it in a few short days to go smack a division opponent on the road and you better believe they're going to feel pretty pissed off heading up to Seattle to get it done yeah and that's kind of the hope right is that this was just a one-off type of performance and I talked about it too. I mean, you're going to lose at some point. It always sucks to lose. I don't ever remember a time where the Rams lost and I felt great about it. I mean, maybe back in 2010 when they were gunning for that number one overall pick. But (laughs) other than that, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, this was going to be a 20 and 0 season, but there are positives to take from this too, because I look at that offensive performance after I got to watch this tape and they were just shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, the Cardinals didn't stop them. They really didn't, at least not on the offensive side of the ball. And sure, the Rams defense didn't stop the Cardinals either, but this should have been a much closer game and it should have probably been, you know, who can convert in the red zone instead of settling for field goals and going to get seven, who might have the ball last. I think that's what kind of game this should have been. And maybe in the right scenario, you know, where the Rams are not overthrowing things, fumbling on their own 25, doing all these certain things that are just making it harder for them to stay in the game. That's probably the game that ends up playing out. So I don't feel too bad about this one. You know, the Rams just did not have it on this Sunday. That kind of happens in the NFL. I'm sure at some point the Cardinals are probably going to lose a football game too. And then the pundits, like you said, are probably going to be talking about, are they for real? Uh, Maybe we don't really trust them type of thing. So right now, luckily for the Rams, they get another shot at redemption for a somewhat similar team, right? We're talking about Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, both 5'11 quarterbacks. These guys aren't even six feet tall and they just kind of play that similar style of football where they're going to run around all day and make it hard on your D-line. But it's a good thing here for the Rams because now they're going into Seattle pissed off. They've got a shot to go four and one. And I talked about it on, I think yesterday or two days ago, maybe on the podcast. I can't even remember now. After this game, if the Rams can get out of this one at four and one, their schedule is about to lighten up a lot, right? They got a chance to go play teams like Houston coming up, Detroit, the Giants, Tennessee. There's some legitimately winnable football games. And I think if the Rams can get out of this one at four and one, we might be talking about a team that could very easily be eight and one in a month's time. So the sky's not falling. They got things to fix. Absolutely. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have another huge test right now. Seattle, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They are a very good offense in their own right. And we're going to dive into that in just a second here at the Lockdown Rams pod. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams as well. And I wanted to tell you guys quickly about one of the sponsors for today's episode called Get Upside. It is a totally free app. You can download it whether you're on Apple, Android, whatever kind of device, and they give you free cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with up to 25 cents cash back for every single gallon 
your first tank up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. The promo code is called touchdown. As I mentioned, it is entirely free. You can cash out at any time straight to your bank account, PayPal, Amazon gift card, any kind of gift card. Really? There is no hassle here. If you drive, I mean, I don't really know why you wouldn't want to sign up here. It is entirely free cash, 25 cents per gallon, up to 50 cents per gallon on your first tank. The app is called Get Upside, entirely free, and the code is touchdown. Now, Brad, we can dive in right here into this second segment. We're going to flip the page. No more Cardinals talk. No more Rams talk, all right? The Rams are 3-1. and one. They're, I guess, in second place right now, maybe in third place in the division. Really depends on the tiebreakers and things like that. But we can take a look at this Rams offense first and the Seahawks defense. And as we mentioned, really, the offense has been really good all season, other than somewhat of a weird game this past week where they still scored 20 points and they sort of shoot themselves in a foot. What are you looking at in this contest? Because if we're being honest here, this Seahawks defense is not exactly one of those vaunted units in the NFL this season, at least not in terms of the personnel. So, I mean, in my own right, I'm kind of expecting the Rams to bounce back. I kind of want to hear what you have, at least in terms of this contest for the Rams. Yeah, I think it's it's a continuing a balanced attack from Sean McVay. And I get really dramatic when I say balance there because – if Henderson is averaging anywhere close to five yards of carry, six yards of carry, four and a half yards of carry, that man should be getting the rock a little bit more. Uh, sometimes I feel like even going back in last game, even going back last couple of seasons, he gets a little too cute sometimes that he almost assumes that, hey, those run yards are there. I'll get them whenever I want them. But ooh, I'm going to get a little greedy here with getting my passing because I also feel that we can get these big chunks at a time, 12-yard gains, 15, 16-yard gains. And that's not always the case, right? A batted ball, uh, you know, a missed O-line assignment, which they've been great all year. But one little thing can kind of throw off that whole drive. So I just want to see him to commit, especially on the road. And guys like Russell Wilson, you want to get that uh, time of possession away from Russell Wilson. And especially as you're thinking about closing out a game, like let's get a team used to uh, wearing them down in the fourth quarter. So when we're up, six, seven points, hopefully in the fourth quarter. And we need that five, six minute drive that we can sustain that. And our run game is like, Hey, let's pick up. Cause we've been just pounding them all day. So I want to see that consistency and that uh, balance in the offense. And, and I think, like you mentioned, the Seahawks defense is not what it's been in the past couple of years. Their secondary is questionable at best. So of course we want to start looking at taking a couple of those deep shots, getting some of our mismatches, whether that's Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, uh, Robert Woods still kind of seems lost in this offense right now. It's still early. So, you know, I'm not giving up on number two yet as far as like, what is he doing in our offense and how can he contribute? I think he'll find his groove, but this might be a perfect example uh, on where he can have a breakout game and kind of contribute where people are starting to almost not starting to almost, they are queuing on Cooper Cup as far as, mm-hmm. hey, this is the guy. And you saw on that Monday night game that the Chargers on third down started doubling Renfro, the whole third and Renfro, like you're giving it away, right? And and same with Cooper Cup. Like we've seen him look that direction a lot and Cooper Cup has done some amazing things to get open. But I think this is a time where you can start to take advantage of what everyone else is expecting you to do and start hitting some of those other guys. Van Jefferson, as I mentioned earlier in that first segment, had a great game. So would like to see us continue to build off that, take a couple deep shots, and just stay balanced. Um, I know Henderson's coming off that injury, but if the guy is averaging nine yards of carry, I don't know how you look at your play calling sheet and don't go run option, run option, play action, shotgun like that that's almost how i see a drive should be starting is like run run play action 
shotgun. And and I want to see a little bit more balance there. But these guys are going to bounce back. And I think really for the offense, they just need to kind of flush it, get back out there. Because the Seahawks defense is this defense that, like you mentioned, not the defensive pass. And hopefully this is the perfect setup for what this offense needs. It's just kind of rebound game. And hopefully we can find it up in Seattle. But it's nothing is ever easy up in Seattle. We're talking about weather. We're talking about their fans. The Seahawks seem to play better at home. So um, it, it's going to be a challenge. But I think the offense just needs to get back and get some reps in because that's not the offense that you know I really truly believe we are. Uh, that one just got away from us. But we need Sean McVay to kind of continue to put them in places to succeed and not get kind of assuming that we're always going to pick up yards if we start throwing the ball. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit torn in terms of what I want to see here because half of me wants to agree with you, get under center, uh, show us that old Rams offense, like that 2018 style where you're going to run the ball a lot, have a lot of play action, get guys open down the field because linebackers are sort of getting sucked up into that play action. But at the same time, what I just watched on tape tells me they should keep going five wide. Like right. this is not Jared Goff back here, you know? And what I mean by that is not even a diss. I know everyone's like, oh, stop talking about Jared Goff. We're over it. But this is different. Like Matthew Stafford is very, very smart and cerebral. And I think this is like one of the biggest differences right now that I'm noticing between last year's offense or two years ago. And now Matthew Stafford, they're putting him in shotgun in empty five wide on purpose because it's getting a lot more simplified in terms of his reads. You're going to spread the entire defense out and he knows where he wants to go with the football, like before the snap happens. And sometimes that's going to get taken away and he's obviously going to have to go somewhere else. But for the most part, he's done a really good job at knowing where he wants to go, looking defenders off and then finding those guys. And even in this past game, he locked into Cooper cup a little bit too much, but he was open and Stafford always makes the right read. That's the difference is nine times out of 10, Stafford is making the right read and making the right call. Sometimes the passes are not accurate, and I'm not really sure why. That might still be something to do with chemistry or maybe his thumb or that hand that he might have hurt in week two against the Colts. If we remember, he did hit his hand off of a helmet, off of a defender there. But like he's making the right read and the right call, and everything is out there to be had. That's the only difference right now versus Jared Goff last year and two years ago even. He was not making the right reads half the time. It's like yeah. you got guys running wide open everywhere, and he's not making that throw versus Stafford, who is making that throw. He just needs to get the timing down, the chemistry down, because there was a touchdown to Cooper Cup in this last game, and I hate going back to it, but Cooper Cup running up the seam, trips and falls, throws off the entire play there, but he's open. You look at Deshaun Jackson early in the game. He's open on post route. You just got to air it out, put it on that pylon, let him go get it. That's a touchdown, so... They're doing everything that should be working. Like Sean McVay is in his bag right now, and he's doing a really good job. And when I look at this secondary for the Seahawks, I'm looking at Jamal Adams. I'm looking at guys like that. I'm looking at the corners, Trey Flowers, guys like this that they're not that great. I mean, I don't mean to disrespect these guys. I'm just a guy sitting here on a couch. But, like, (laughs) they're not the best secondary in football. This is not the Legion of Boom. They don't have Earl Thomas back there, Cam Chancellor. You know, you'd lose Shaq Griffin in free agency. To me, this is a secondary that you want to try to take advantage of. If you want to go five wide, this is your time to go five wide because your offensive line is going to probably give you a decent amount of protection here. Stafford is quick with the football. The only one thing I do want to note that I just reminded myself of right now, I read it on Twitter. I think it was from Adam Schefter. He said this is going to be the first cold Thursday night football game. I think he said the temperatures were going to be in like the 40s or something, which Bring seems it. a little bit cold for this time of year. But Seems I mean, like some ground and pound is what I'm saying. And that's yes. the other thing. I don't want, <laughs> you, you mentioned Sean McVay's in his bag. My problem is yeah. is that sometimes he puts his whole head in the bag. He gets lost in what else yeah. is going around him. 
And I yeah. think going back to last game is some things weren't clicking. It was pretty obvious, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you got to adapt. One of the things that, you know, going back to the Wade Phillips era was like, oh, well, he, you know, one of the reasons that was a knock on him is he just didn't seem to adjust on the fly as much. He was just sticking to what he was doing. There wasn't a lot of adjustments. And that's why people seem to love Brandon Staley because he was always just breaking it down and finding new things. Sean McVay has to do that offensively. If something is not working and you've got this glaring, glowing sign that's saying nine yards per carry, nine yards per carry, give them the rock. So I think that's my thing is I'm okay with Sean being in the bag when they're throwing Mm -hmm. the ball around the field. But when things aren't clicking, he needs to find a way to kind of look down that call sheet and go, what has worked for us? And let's go there. And on a game where it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy, and you got Russell Wilson on the other side, let's try to not give him the ball in good field position. Let's try not to give him the ball at all, really. Let's get those seven to ten-minute drives, milk up some stuff. And and that's what's trouble is because Stafford could score in one play, as we saw with some of those deep bombs. But um, good points on your end. I'm just curious with you mentioning this weather. You know, what does that mean for the ball coming off of, you know, a game where it was a little little shaky at times and, and not to say it was all Stafford's fault, but um, yeah. do you want to go a little bit safer? Here I am calling Sean McVay, go a little safer with running <laughs> the ball, but go for it on fourth down. Let's go. Yeah, well, we, we we want less safe, my friend. We, yeah, 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 Sean right. you're a right. little bit too safe. Yeah. Buddy. This guy's wearing three seatbelts while driving. <laughs> we, we, let's, let's, let's have none for a little bit, all right? Let's, yeah. let's get risky a little bit here. So, no, I hear what you're saying for sure. The adjustment thing, absolutely needed. I mean, you need to understand what's working and what's not, right? Like, I, I get you have a certain game plan. There's certain things you install, and, and, you know, guys are open. So I totally understand why you keep calling certain plays. But, I mean, they didn't stop you once running the ball. And if that's the case again here, run it. You know, I'm totally fine running the ball 40 times in a game. If you come out of that game with a win, that's all that counts. But we're going to dive into the flip side here, talk about this Rams defense, which was really shaky last week. We'll see if they can – do a much better job against a similar sort of opponent, especially at that quarterback position here in week five against the Seattle Seahawks. As always, make sure to dive into tomorrow's episode here at the Lockdown Rams podcast. We're going to host our crossover episode with Lockdown Seahawks host Corbin Smith. Get to dive into a little bit of what the Seahawks look like this season. Now I want to tell you guys about two of our sponsors for today's episode. You guys have heard me talk about them many times on this podcast. Bet Online is your place to bet For this football season, any other sport, especially right now, football is officially back. You know, Brad and I, we like to get down with our money here. And uh, we're not exactly professionals, so we can't exactly give you the best advice. But maybe Brad has a little bit more success than I have this season. These guys will take care of you entirely. They are your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a bunch of different stuff open from the half million dollar NFL mega contest to the $200,000 survivor contest, both open right now at Bet Online. You can head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to take advantage right now. It's the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing to horse racing and everything else in between. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And you've also heard me talk about the Built Bar many times here. I mean, guys, I don't know how much more I have to sell you on these guys. They're the best on the market. I've tried a bunch of different protein bars. A lot of them are chalky. A lot of them don't taste good. A lot of them are very limited in the flavors. Some are just super expensive. I mean, there's hard to find that balance, but Built Bar has everything you can imagine. They got a bunch of different flavors. So whatever you like, you can prepackage that box to fit your needs or your favorite taste buds, whatever the case is. The bars are low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 
at BuiltBar.com. The promo code is LOCKED15. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Lockdown Rams pod. For your second daily listen, make sure to go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson will take care of you every day, give you the biggest updates around the NFL every single day in under 30 minutes for free on any podcast platform that you guys listen to. Brad, now is our time. And just before we dive into this discussion here, I wanted to share this interesting tidbit that I just saw on Twitter not too long ago. By the time you guys are listening to this, it'll probably already be old news, but (laughs) Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic, she's obviously in the building talking to the coaches. And Raheem Morris sort of hinted that they've been looking at David Long Jr., one of the boundary corners for the Rams, of course, uh, first-time starter this year. And he literally called him out. I mean, he said he did not play well. He's not been playing too well. Uh, he's seen it in practice before where he hasn't played well. And, uh, they're going to maybe try and get a guy like Robert Rochelle, a little bit more run. Who's obviously the fourth round rookie this season. I mentioned this in the intro and this is interesting. I mean, because on one hand, part of me just feels horrible for David long. I mean, (laughs) your defense just nearly gave up 40 points. There was a lot of issues there and it wasn't just David long. Like, I don't think it's necessarily fair to single out one guy like that. So I don't like that. Um, and then on the other hand, I also like it, like not necessarily calling someone out in public, but he said, we're always evaluating everyone. And if someone's not playing up to their standard or up to par, they're not going to be afraid from yanking them. Right. And I think this one makes sense because, you know, you look at David Long, you look at Robert Rochelle, Rochelle's a guy that a lot of us like, I mean, super athletic coming out of college and a guy that the Rams clearly like a lot. And he has played a few snaps this season not really sure why he usually comes in in the fourth quarter and gets a few snaps. I think they maybe just want to get his feet wet a little bit and he's looked good. He had that fourth down stop against the bears in week one on a pass deflection. So clearly a guy that has a lot of talent and ability. So we'll see if he ultimately gets a little bit more run here. Uh, The one thing I do want to note though, for long coming out, this was a guy that myself and a lot of other people thought his best spot would be at nickel. And that means he's playing inside as opposed to on the outside, outside of the numbers at corner and he's only played one single snap in the nickel spot this year. So I would suggest maybe before you're ready to pull him and, you know, put out that rookie Rochelle, maybe try and move him on the inside a little bit and move Jalen Ramsey outside because Ramsey's been blitzing a lot from the slot. And I think this is the kind of guy you want to leave on a number one all game. Like that's his best role, right? When you look back to last year, that was when the defense was at its best. You put Ramsey on a number one and you let everyone else do what they have to do outside of that. But I want to kind of get your thought on what this situation looks like, what you think of, do they go with Long? Do they go with Rochelle? Do you have any kind of opinion on what they should do here? Because let's look at it. I mean, Russell Wilson, pretty explosive passer, and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, two really good receivers on the boundary there as well. Yeah, it's tough. I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm a little torn here because, you know, we followed Sean McVay in this Jared Goff career where McVay took a lot of the ownership for a long time before he said, hey, Goff's got to play better. And I like (laughs) to see that from a coach where he can kind of say, hey, this is on me. I got to scheme my guys better to be in position. But I do also like, hey, this is NFL. We're big boys. You've got to be accountable. You've got a rook behind you that is raring and ready to go. And if you can't handle it, we're going to get you out. I would like to see a little bit of that more behind the scenes. But also, as a Mm -hmm. coach, you may have to know, how do I motivate my guys? Maybe David Long is this guy where he's going, hey, I'm doing this at practice all the time, and it's not really motivating him. So, hey, you know what? Let me light him up on the media a little bit and see if that gets him going because his job is not safe. Um, So I've got that mixed feelings about it because all we've seen on Twitter are people coming at – Raheem Morris as a as a defensive yeah. coordinator and he's going uh uh-uh, uh it's it's this guy and I, I don't know <laughs> if I way. really yeah I don't know if I like that a lot but 
also at the same time, hey, this is the big boys world. And, and if you're the ones got to be held accountable, but it's tough because David Long Jr. mentioned, you know, coming out of Michigan, I'm, I'm a Michigan supporter. I was huge on David Long. He only gave up like 16 or 17 catches in his whole college career, like 150 mm-hmm. yards in his whole college career. He was yeah. the Jalen Ramsey in at University of Michigan before he came over here. Like no one wanted to throw his way. Um, so he's used to playing that outside boundary it's, and it just hasn't been that easy transition. He had that interception, I believe in week one. And it seemed like, all right, this is working. This is moving very well here. And it's been kind of downhill since there. So I'm excited to see what the Rook has. I, I wish, you know, maybe we can rotate David Long into a, a position, like you mentioned, bring him inside. Cause I still think there's some talent there, but at the end of the day, yeah. Hey, we're not waiting for you to catch up. Like, we are playing divisional opponents and we got to get it done. So at the end of the day, it's like, I, I want to protect my guy because he's a Michigan guy. And I'm like, I want to see him do well. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, we got to get the best guy in there. And if we've got, you know, this depth in the secondary that we always brag about, then it's time to show it out. Because if one guy's not performing and you're like, we got tons of depth, it's like, well, then show me because that guy is not doing his job right now. And I'm with you. I would love to see um Jalen Ramsey get back to more of one-on-one I'm going to shut you down and let everyone else behind it because there's times where you know a ball goes a certain direction and you're going oh yeah this has got to be you know it's going to the main target here wait where is Jalen Ramsey? oh he was over there on the other side and I understand hey I'm not a defense coordinator and I'm not you know <laughs> getting max talent out of this guy but there's a couple times and I'm hoping this week which you know looking at some of the you know quotes that came out that Jordan was posting. It sounds like hopefully he's going to be matched up a little bit more one-on-one with DK. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, you're right. Can't just let that secondary be leaky and pretend that nothing's happening. So we got Rochelle uh, at, at great value. And um, so I'm excited to see he's got great size and he's already been able to show that he can, can play at this level. Um, Can't wait to see when he's a hundred percent healthy. I don't know if that's truly yet, but uh, get him some, get him some run, get him some more run and and start working him in there. And, and at the end of the day, best guy gets, gets the snaps and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if they don't feel long is up to par, Rochelle is a guy that I would love to see. I mean, this guy has so much talent. It's not like they're pulling a bad player. I guess if they want to call David long that for, you know, some terrible player like this dude could probably start, I mean, on a lot of teams. So I'd be super excited to see about that. The one thing I want to see for the Rams in this game though just be way better up front. I mean, Kyler Murray was not pressured often in that game last week. We talked about Murray, Wilson, very similar. Uh, the one thing I want to see, just be way more disciplined, right? They don't necessarily have to sack Russell Wilson eight or 10 times like they have in the past. You just have to maintain those rush lanes a lot more. Keep him inside the pocket much more often. Don't let him scramble outside because those are when those big plays happen. I think that's probably going to be the key to this game, right? Because offensively, I think the Rams shouldn't really have too many problems. They should be able to score 30 plus in this one, I think. And defensively, in terms of the coverage, you know, it really depends on what they plan on doing. But I like Darius Williams versus Tyler Lockett and Jalen Ramsey versus DK Metcalf. You came out on top last year twice with those kind of matchups. And I think those are the kind of guys that obviously have had a lot of success against this team. Brad, I'll kick it over to you quickly too. Um, Is there anything else that you're looking at on this defensive side of the ball? And of course... I got to hear your prediction for this one, my friend. Yeah, I think I think it all comes down to getting pressure on Russell Wilson. He's taken 11 sacks so far in these first four games, zero interceptions. So he's going to kind of duck and dive and eat a sack if he's got to. He's not going to really force a lot of terrible balls. You got to be able to get some pressure in his face. Kyler Murray is a terror outside the pocket, but he had all the time in the world just sitting back in the pocket. So that type mm-hmm. of stuff is not going to play on Russell Wilson, especially when he's got – 
two deep threats that are going to move around and continue to find ways to get open. So they've got to get to him. They got to get to him fast, make him make a decision, dink and dunk all you want, because that's what the Rams really kind of want you to do. Um, So I'm just looking for more pressure on Russell, get some sacks and really kind of make this thing where he's got to be in a position at the end of the game to not just come down and score to take the lead or tie this thing up where he feels he's got to get multiple scores. That's when Russ is going to start forcing the ball down the field and trying to fit into tight spots. It's where we can get his first interception of the season. Um, I'm with you. I think this is a game where the Rams can easily put up 30. I think the Rams could really walk into a building and put up 30 almost every time. Obviously, Mm -hmm. last week that wasn't the case, um, but that was the things that we discussed earlier, just really kind of an overall bad game on multiple levels in multiple areas at the same time. I don't expect them to kind of give that effort or show that again. Um, hopefully not this season, but at least not this week. I'm expecting them to come in highly motivated. Looking back to the record against Seattle, we play extremely well up in Seattle, even when we were a bad team. So I'm excited to see them go up there with a good team, get back to this kind of us against the world road mentality and go in there and get up on them early and really start to put the clamps on them. So I like it again. I'd say 32-28, just for the fact I think Russ is going to get one of those late touchdowns to where they're going to have to try to either get the ball back from the Rams or look at an onside kick. But I think this thing's going to be kind of a two-possession game into the fourth, and then Russ is going to make it close because that's what Russ does in the fourth quarter, just give him the rock, and he's going to make this game. But I think it's one where we're thinking we're really good in the third quarter, and by the fourth quarter we're going – Hit trip, hit, hit zero, zero, zero. Get, get us out of this building. Um, but I think the Rams come away with this 32-28, I'd say. I like it. I think we originally both had losses in the schedule breakdown series. but Yeah, it's over. I'm scratching yeah, that. No, no we, we can change, all <laughs> right? That was before the season. Things happen in season. We always change up. So that's going to do it for this episode. You guys, make sure to tune back in tomorrow. It's going to be a juicy one. Uh, we're going to dive into our crossover episode with – Locked on Seahawks host Corbin Smith, and he, we're going to find out all about this Seahawks team, things that maybe we don't know as much, of course, as he does. He's very plugged in. You guys will also get my prediction. Maybe I'm going to change up alongside Brad. I think I might. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked on Rams pod and for listening to big episode number 300 since I've taken over. This has been obviously super fun. Hopefully the Rams can turn it back around, go to four and one into that 10-day break before week six comes around. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube as well at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.